Spider-Man, 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 Spider-Man. He does Spider-Man like Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. I don't remember the words for that song. It's better than the Batman song. (laughs) So you read Spider-Man and hated it? Or something? I don't know. You said something about Spider-Man off air. Well, uh, the newest issue of Amazing Spider-Man issue one or issue uh 26 of the newest volume they've been telling this whole big story like the very first issue show starts with peter like in a crater screaming something happened and then it jumps like six months in the future and like everybody hates him spider-man done had did something and all the heroes even at maze like pissed at him whoa yeah they've been slowly telling that stuff for these past, like, 26 issues. Please don't tell me he diddled a kid. No, no. But kids are involved. Oh. Uh, but so they end up doing this this weird thing where some kind of deity is coming after Spider-Man. And somehow him, Peter, and Mary Jane get sucked to this ultimate, like, this weird other Earth in the future kind of thing. Where this thing's chasing people down and killing. It's a very doomsday kind of thing. Sounds like a bunch of hogwash to me. Yes. This thing is going after after Spider-Man and has to kill it, but they, they have this um transporter thing that can get him back home. And so, but when they're there, they run into this other guy named Phil. Phil's never good. Phil is not good. Yeah. So Mary Jane, too, because like then if he kills, if this thing kills Spider-Man, like everything's done. You know, it's right. all over for whatever reason. Plot. That's why. Plot device. So to save Spider-Man, because, because Spider-Man wanted to do the thing to send Mary Jane back to be safe and Spider-Man was going to fight the thing. But Mary Jane is able to trick him and send Spider-Man back. And so with him, with the but so whenever Spider-Man's gone, this thing kind of disappears. So these two are just stuck together. Even all the way back in the first issue, we in the six-month-ahead jump, we see these two, Mary Jane and this guy, they're together. Oh, they're bumping uglies. And they have kids. Ew. And they're like, and but like older kids, like five, six. Radioactive kids or just normal kids? To be determined. Oh. So like it's a lot of like, what the fuck is going on here? And then so this last story arc has been like this whole thing. And so what happened is like whenever Spider-Man got back, got sent back to Earth, he did a whole bunch of shit to try to find a way back to that dimension for, for MJ. Stowed things, pissed people off, did a whole bunch of stuff. Stuff teamed up with Norman Osborn, you know. Ooh. Yeah, but it was one of those weird where times different. Even though that, like, it was maybe like a day or two here, it was multiple years over there for them. Right. So they do end up falling together. The, and the, so this past last issue was the beginning. Like, whenever Spider Man gets sent back, it's MJ and this Phil Phil guys, like their journey and like. They just finally decided to leave where, because MJ didn't want to leave where they were at because she knew that Spider-Man was going to come back for her, you know, because he's Spider-Man. But he eventually convinces her to leave and, like, you know, they're hunting and forging and all this stuff. And where they're, like, scavenging for stuff, they find these two kids. So they take these kids in and they become this family and stuff and they, you know, and Spider-Man eventually comes back. But like I said, it's been years for them. And so when he saves them, you know, MJ is like, I'm not going to leave him. Mm. Like, you know, but the thing that pissed me off, because like I said, when we first found out, because like, like that was the big cliffhanger at the first issue is like, oh, because like, you know, MJ's have dated other people, but you see them 
coming home and the kids are like, mommy, daddy. And you're like, what the fuck is this? You're thinking she got cream pie yeah, many, the, many times. Yeah. And, they, and like we said, the kids are oh, like, you know, they're not like babies or anything. It's like, when did this happen? She was having protected, unprotected intercourse mm-hmm. and babies popped out yeah. is what you're led to believe. Yeah. Yeah. But what pissed me off. Are they ginger it, kids? See, the, there's a boy and a girl. The boy's blonde, uh, is a brunette and the girl's a redhead. Oh, you fucks. But what pissed me off is the fact that we found out, oh, they just found the kid. They, they're not their kids. They they're not bo- they, And I just, that pissed me off because I was like, if you're going to fucking do something like this. What a lazy twist. Just go for it. Be like, yes, they were been there for like, like almost like half a decade. They fell in love. They had kids. She gave birth to them. And because not only would that give them more nuance and just more of an excuse of like, or, you know, reason of not leaving this guy, you know, because they, it's just actual family. Yeah. And you don't like the kids are just there. They just find them. They don't know whether, you know, they assume you assume that the parents got murdered somehow, but the kids survived. But it's just like, these are the only four people we, you see in this fucking dimension of horror and terror and stuff like that. It's and just, this dimension doesn't have child protective services. Well, that- no, there's like nobody there. It's, it's <laughs> very, it's very like, um, like a I am legend kind of End like, of days, yeah, yeah. Like, and I've been trying cause people have been ragging on this book this entire run and I'm like well there's some okay thing you know i try to be a little bit more positive and you know point out the the good you know the goodness other than the flaws most of the time unless it's too bad but like this explaining issue and then like i said just like if you were gonna have them have kids it should have been the actual kids yeah now like these kids can find their parents or whatever and, you know, they can be gone. They can be written off or whatever. It's Batman just, gets orphans, not Spider-Man. Right. Well, but see, they're not even, but they're not even Spider-Man's kids. They're Mary Jane's and this Phil's kids. Like, they're. Oh, I assume Spider-Man would have took the kids over because yeah. he's the good guy. No. Well, no, yeah, he did. He brought everybody back home. Including the kids? Yeah, including the kids. What about the guy? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, he sa- he saved everybody because he's Spider Man. Because mm-hmm. like once they got back home, like Spider Man went in for like MJ and then went in for the kiss and stuff, and she's like, oh no, and like so that they're, they're still together with these kids, you know, back yeah. home, and like everybody hates Spider Man because <laughs> of all the fucked up shit he did to go save Mary Jane and stuff. So he's like the ultimate simp. Yeah. Uh, the only upside I can see for Spider-Man is that guy's probably going to get dick cancer from his radioactive wiener going in and out of... Because there's got to be residue, right? There's yeah. There's residual radioactive waste left in... Right. I mean, if he's shooting his radioactive loads <laughs> in her ever, maybe he wasn't. He he looks like a rubber kind of guy. Yeah. Probably makes his own. Just webs it up. Yeah, thwip right in the hole. Yeah. You know what? That sounds like shit. That, that sounds like a shit comic. Yeah, it, and it's very, yeah, very frustrating. Like I said, I've tried to try to look on the brighter uh, side when it came to this series because Spider-Man's like one of my all-time favorite characters, and it was just like that was just that's just that's pussy writing right there. You pussy know, pussy writing. That, you know what I mean? That's just like not wanting to commit to the thing. Yeah, that sucks. You know, it doesn't suck, Spencer. What's that? Our sponsor today: we Two don't. Pitchers Brewing. Shut up. Uh, it's not really our sponsor, but I am drinking a Nordic jam by them. It's a lager with Nordic fruits, and it's delicious. I'm just practicing for when we actually get one of these beer companies to sponsor us. Mm, that'd be nice. Yeah. Nice. Unlike that Spider-Man comic. Yes. That sounded... That, oh, the whole thing sounded terrible, and mm. I don't ever want to read that. No, you don't. But our episode won't be terrible. Because <sighs> you know what we're talking about today? I don't know. Uh... Video games. Spencer? Yeah. More specifically... 
the best stories in video game history. I gotta imagine there's gonna be like a lot of like the RPG, like Final Fantasy. Listen, I only looked Zeldas. at one entry on the list, and I think you'll dig it. Yeah, it's the very first entry. Uh, we'll get there, but first, you want to take us to space? Yes. You are listening to the Drunken Penwriting Podcast, and this is not our second time recording this intro because... It's been like our fifth. <laughs> yeah, we didn't bail on the original idea because it sucked so bad when we were recording it. This is completely new. After Again, after like the third time of trying to record that. <laughs> this has not been a good day for us, folks, uh, just so you know, but we'll try to make the best of it. I am your host, Caleb James. I'll keep your name, though. Spencer, yeah. the Norwegian Nugget Nudger Church. Yeah. I'll make the Jays. What kind of nuggets you nudging? Uh, man nuggets? Okay. Fast forward through that. Meat nuggets. We made all these jokes before. If we had a Patreon, I would keep the bloopers. That, oh, yeah. You know, that'd, that'd, be, that'd be great. To be fair, one time we recorded a very long episode, and at the end of it, we were like, that was so terrible. We deleted the whole episode and just did it again better. Yeah. <laughs> but that doesn't happen too often. So we're going to discuss, Spencer... The 10 best video game narratives. Yes. That's narratives. It. This is uh from CBR. Oh. You're a big fan of CBR, aren't you? No, not really. Now they suck ass? Well, because so it's supposed to be comic book resources, and it's- No resources? It, well, it's video games, it's wrestling. Pop it's culture. Col- yeah, that's hardly ever. I hate when old media switches over to just popular shit, but keep the name. Mm-hmm. It keeps the name. There's a lot of different ones where it's usually it's comic related. It's like, oh, the comic book, you know, it's supposed to be all about comic books, but it's never about comic yeah. books. Because they, they used to, and I mean, for, if you're into that kind of stuff, I'm sure it's probably a good website. But like they, they would, they used to have like interviews and articles about different things and they sold out, man. Yeah. They, well, no, they went like everything else. They just went whatever you do to try to get clicks, you know? Yeah. I guess stay in business, I guess. Uh, number 10 on this list of the best narratives in video games, Heavy Rain. You ever played Heavy Rain? I have not, never no. even heard of it. Uh, this was released in 2010. Heavy Rain introduced the gaming industry to fascinating narratives. Can you believe it? I Yes. Not interesting narratives, fascinating. Fascinating. The video game has a disturbing premise centered on a serial killer who murders their victims slowly by drowning them during periods of heavy rainfall. For a second, I thought that was going to say drowning them <laughs> in periods. And I was like, oh, that would be that's 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 bad. <laughs> Could you imagine a serial killer that drowned you in, in menstruation blood? Menstrual blood? It had to be a, like a female serial killer, right? Getting revenge on the man or because whatever. he doesn't understand the pain that the woman faces during and just makes these stupid jokes like we're doing. We'd be ripe for getting murdered in serial killers' menstrual blood, I would yeah. think. Ew, but I don't like to think of that. So anyway, heavy rainfall. So if it's raining heavy, don't go outside. That's all. Uh, gamers play as four characters throughout the narrative, all connected to the killer in some way. Heavy rain gives players options at crucial moments, allowing them to sway the narrative and change the course of events. Almost like a choose-your-own-adventure, maybe. That's what I'm getting the feel of. The lives of the four protagonists are in the player's hands entirely dependent on what they choose to do and say. 
Now and then, gamers encounter quick time events where they must make choices under intense pressure. I always uh, hated those because it's like, hurry up, press X and square. Like, you're like, what the fuck? Like, because, you know, if you don't, you get blown up or something. And then, like, they normally, like, shake the handle and, like, have, like, the edges of the screen, like, go red or black. But it does make it more immersive, so I understand why they do that. Uh, That sounds like a cool game. I like the idea that you could, you know, choose your own adventure, kind of. It almost reminds me of the old... Uh, Nintendo Super Nintendo, I believe it was on uh, Maniac Mansion series. Ooh. That was kind of like a point and click game, from what I remember. Uh, not a strict point and click game like Shadowgate and stuff like that, but like you ha- you have characters, but you like click where you want them to go and stuff. But you could play as like multiple characters, and like they all do different things, and you can have different endings depending on which mm. character makes it. And it was pretty fun. Number nine. Undertale. There's a little picture of a tiny little pixelated man that says, we'll be together forever, won't we? Ooh. Maybe I said that menacing. It actually looks like kind of like Link from oh yeah from uh, Zelda. So maybe, we'll be together forever, won't we? That's probably hmm. more. It's probably not a horror game. What I'm saying. And by the way, folks, I'm sorry. Me and Spencer, Spencer and I, we are not up to date on video games no i stopped playing in the 2002 era i played some ps3 and xbox one and all those kind of games but they weren't my games and Mm. i did not spend a lot of time i have a vague knowledge you probably have way less than me i would imagine yeah because my you weren't even a big gamer really right and like the stuff that i did was like things like madden and 2k and like sports games that kind of stuff well, Undertale is an indie role-playing game about a child who has fallen into a magical underground realm just beneath the Earth's surface. Oh, damn it, I'm writing a story about that right mm. now. Fudge. Fudge nugget. Nobody's ever heard of it. Like, maybe there was like a story about a girl who fell down a rabbit hole oh, and ended uh, up in some kind of dream-like wonderland. Yeah. Can't, what was her name? Ashley? Agnes? Agnes in Elisa? Dreamland? At least in Hallucinationville? Mm, no, that no. doesn't sound right either. No. Uh, Esther in... Mm. No, that can't be it. Anyway, despite the simplistic 2D interface and bullet-dodging battles, Undertale's narrative is whimsical and heartfelt. The monsters that players meet along their journey are dying to get back to the surface after humans trapped them underground. It's not the monsters' fault they were born monsters. You are kind of going in their area. Yeah, you took their area and you sent them underground, and now you're going to go underground? Why? Can they have anything? You're right. That seems a little little messed up. Uh, Undertale offers an alternative way of playing games compared to most mainstream titles. Gamers will get alternate endings to Undertale depending on their play style and choices. If players can get through the narrative without killing a ton of monsters, even if it means running away from a fight, they'll have an easier time during the final boss battle against Asgore Dreamer. Mm. That was the book we were trying to think of. Asgore Dreamer. Dreamer, Dreamer. Yeah. 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 Asgore, Asgore. <laughs> Asgore, if you had one more S in there, Asgore is a different kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, that's that is bad. That's like a C-list horror movie. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> B-level. That Honestly, that game doesn't sound very original to me. Mm. That sounds like, uh, I'm sure it's fun, but it sounds like uh, many stories I've heard before, and then even the same trope of, well, if you're nice to the monsters, mm. the monsters you'll find out, as I was saying before, they're not bad guys. No. It's not their fault they're monsters. Mm. They weren't they didn't choose to be monsters, nope. at least in this story. Yeah. They were just born to be monsters and you invaded their area, you colonizing fucks. Leave the monsters alone. You assholes. Stop subjugating the monsters. Number eight, Detroit Become Human. That's the name of the game. Detroit Become Human. Mm. And it looks I'll have to show you this, Spencer. It looks weirdly realistic, but in a 
AI kind of way that I don't like. Oh, yeah. Like the faces they have here. I don't know if that's a screenshot of the game or not. Everybody's constipated. Very. You know what? It reminds me of like the old Perfect Dark and uh, James Bond, GoldenEye. Oh, yeah. uh, For 64, where they had like those faces. Or even old wrestling games for 64. They had the faces, but they never moved. And they're like weirdly plastered on there. Yeah. On their their square head. (laughs) Yeah. So some semi real. These are more realistic looking, but again, no emotion. Created by the same team as Heavy Rain, Detroit Become Human focuses on the character arcs of three androids. Well, maybe that's mm. why they look like that. You see, you need to start reading these before you fucking yeah. flap your jib, Spencer. Yeah, I, am, I am an asshole. As the title suggests, the narrative shows how each playable character slowly edges towards becoming human despite being created as subservient robots. That almost sounds like a book we read that's based, well, a movie I watched, I don't know if you ever watched it, that's based on a book we both read that's not really similar at all to the movie, but the movie deals with androids uh, who are kind of subservient to humans. It has the word blade in it, and people do some running action. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know what that one is. Uh, Players have a say in how vital events play out and even how particular characters react to them. There are many occasions where protagonists can die in Detroit become human, but the script is written so that the narrative continues despite a seemingly important character's death. That's cool. Mm, mm. It's like almost like real realistic. Yeah. This raises the stakes and creates a fresh and exciting game experience. But again, the actual story sounds similar to things I have witnessed countless countless times right. in my days. What's next, Spencer? I don't know. You tell Number me. Number seven. You un- tell me, bud. Until Dawn. Now that is realistic. That must yeah. be like a newer game. Yeah. That looks... Uh, see, I don't know if I'd like playing games that are too realistic. I'd be like, you look at the creeps. <laughs> this dramatic horror video game utilizes... Did they have to say video game all the time? We know what it is. It's a l- list of video games. Quit, quit saying video game. Mm. Horror title. Say horror title. It's more professional. This dramatic horror title utilizes the formula of a slasher movie following eight characters with tenuous relationships. They must each fight for their lives over the course of one night in a mountainous wilderness setting. Until Dawn features a butterfly effect system, I love those, uh, whereby a butterfly will appear on screen when players have the chance to make life-saving decisions. Oh, that's like two on the nose. I thought it meant yeah. like you make a decision and it affects the whole outcome of everything else. Right. I didn't know they actually had a butterfly <laughs> show up. That's a little more. Uh, flapping my wings. Oh, the butterfly's here again. Flapping this is important. Wings. I would rather it have, you don't know what's important, so every decision feels vital. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Each character in Until Dawn has the potential to die, keeping games on the game. Why is it saying keeping games? Keeping gamers on their toes yes. and the edge of their seat simultaneously. That's a weird position. Yeah. Yeah, that is a little. I think you got a real bad poo. That was just a bad sentence. <laughs> the gameplay and brutal life or death stakes lend themselves perfectly to the intensity of a horror movie, even forcing players to keep their controllers still in the face of terrifying threats. Ooh, that's cool, too. Yeah. Mechanic, you got to. If it, what if you have what if you have a palsy of sorts like that's uh, kind of fucked up or what if you're just like a lot of gamers out there have sort, certain disabilities and mm-hmm. handicaps you're saying with your hands or you have tremors you can't play this game that's fucking rude maybe uh, you probably turn that off I would think that they would make that so you could turn that off number six The Last of Us you're a big fan of the show aren't you I know I didn't never watch it or is it a movie it's a show you watch any uh, video game movies and shows that you like outside of Sonic and Mario? Mario. <laughs> no. <laughs> the Last of Us carefully weaves a morally conflicting storyline through the characters of Joel, a smuggler, and the sparky teenager Ellie. Joel is tortured by his daughter's untimely and violent death as the onset of a global pandemic, a kind of mutated fungal infection 
Ellie might be the cure, bitten by the infected, but never turning into a cannibalistic monster. I have never heard of a story never. where they have a fungal <laughs> infection that turns people into zombie-like creatures. Never heard of that before. Not once. Not, no the, books, nothing. Though at least these ones, they they have like a weird, like almost kind of like a stranger thing, like heads open, like head yeah. opened into a mouth kind of thing. Yeah, but I'm kind of tired of those. Yeah. Is that, is that is like a lot of like head, head mouths. I feel like that's probably just easier to make CGI wise. Yeah, there's probably like a, a, a template or something. Yeah. But anyway, apparently this game, uh, it dazzles players with exceptional world building, visuals, characterization, versatility, weaponry, and stealthy gameplay. Apparently it's one of the great games. I always hear people talk about it. So check it out if you are interested. Number five, what remains of the Edith Finch? That's wrong. Number five, what remains of Edith Finch? Edith, fuck. Who names anyone Edith? Who um, na- let alone a game. I, you know what? I, I would get her name right. If instead of Edith Finch, it was Edith Puddy. <laughs> her last name was Puddy. What remains of Edith Puddy? <laughs> I'm a child. I am a, a literal child in the brain. Number five, what remains of Edith Finch? What remains of... How many times do I got to say this? What remains of Edith Finch is played from the first person's perspective. Oh, you all right over there? Of Edith Finch. <laughs> you all right over there? He's played from the first person perspective. Probably Edith Finch. I don't know. Helping to cultivate an intimate gaming experience. This exploration video game has a captivating narrative following a 17-year-old who has lost her entire family and is navigating their old home. On the surface, this video game is just a simple walking simulator. Mm. Walking simulator, huh? I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. He says, I don't like it. I don't like, walk- <laughs> I don't like walking in real life. Let's <laughs> walk a barren wasteland for miles in a video game. Uh, the storyline brings what remains of Edith Putty alive as a bre- playthrough. By interacting with particular objects like books, for example, players can view vignettes of various characters' deaths. They act as self-contained stories within what remains of Edith Finch, the vignettes differing in style, mechanics, and genre. So it's an interesting title. It, looks, it? it looks interesting. No, I like, it doesn't. I like, I like Watkinson. We're just going to shit on all the games. We're going to lose so many gaming <laughs> fans. To be fair, folks, I, I do like games. So I would play all these and probably enjoy them. It's just... Uh, they don't seem very, you know, the best narratives ever. These seem kind of like uh, tried and true tropes for the most part. You see if you could try to find some of these games on your thing. My emulator, yeah. uh, it does not work with the newer games. Uh, the emulator I have only goes up to, it doesn't go up to the CD games. Oh, okay. I was going to get a new one that does, but even that, that only goes up to like PS2 maybe. Uh, it does Like the new ones are too, like you need too much memory. Yeah. Number four, Firewatch. Firewatch follows Henry, a fire lookout working in Shushou National Forest, in the wake of personal bad news and widespread fires the year before. Throughout the first-person perspective video game, Henry speaks with the supervisor, Delilah, via a walkie-talkie. All the while, a strange mystery begins to unfold. Throughout Firewatch's adventure narrative, Henry and Delilah's relationship blooms. The players receive dialogue options, including one to not speak at all. These decisions inevitably alter how the characters develop and grow, creating a nuanced storyline. That's kind of cool. I've just never talked. but just blew right through this. Yeah. Number three, Horizon Zero Dawn. That's a big... Uh, that one sounds kind of familiar. I might have heard that one. 
I don't know what I'm looking at. Is that a, di- a dinosaur made of bones with a flying saucer for a head? That or it's wearing some kind of hat. Some That's a big sombrero. Is that Jason Momoa is the main character? I don't know. Released in 2017, Horizon Zero Dawn is an action role-playing game that spawned a franchise. The open-world video game setting merges ancient and futuristic imagery to produce a fascinating narrative. Well, I guess I called that. Mm. In this post-apocalyptic world, robots and machines are ancient, and they're suddenly turning on the remaining humans. I hate when that happens. Happens a lot, actually, believe it or not. Nobody likes the remaining humans. Nobody ever likes the remaining... Again, just like we talked with the monsters. What? Just leave us alone. I'm not hurting nobody. Well, maybe we did, and that's why we deserve it. The Terminator world, I understand. Like, see what we do with robots now. I understand why the Terminators would come after us. Makes sense. In Horizon Zero Dawn, gamers play as Alloy, a skilled hunter with an array of weaponry such as traps and spears. Players must use Alloy's skills to defeat wayward technological creatures and discover the truth of her past. That uh, sounds a lot like the new Predator movie where we have uh, indigenous Americans fighting the Predator with traps and, you know, archaic weapons. Not even archaic weapons. Uh, what would you call that? Because archaic weapons, I think of like medieval swords and stuff. Yeah. Primitive. Uh, prim- yeah. Yeah, no. Cause I Modern see- primitive. Yeah. Bows and arrows. Yes. Number two, this is a super fa- famous one that I've also never played. Half-Life. Yeah, I've heard of that one. Half-Life changed first-person shooter games forever back in 98. Game- see, I could probably play Half-Life on Mayo later. I would- uh, maybe it was for PlayStation. I'm not sure. Gamers play as Gordon Freeman, a scientist trying to escape a research facility after an alien invasion, an event he is somewhat responsible for. The game storyline is handed to the player subtly, subtle, subtle, subtly, subtly. Why is there a B in the word subtle? That's what I want to know, Spencer. S-U-B-T-L-Y should be subtly. (laughs) Why? What? Who created that fucking word? Somebody just pretend to put that B in there real subtle like. Some fucking dick. The gamer's storyline is handed to the player subtly through scripted sequences and is less reliant on cutscenes. Science fiction writer Mark Laidlaw was brought on board to shape Half-Life's narrative, and it shows. I don't know why I said this so aggressive. Mm-hmm. Especially at the end of the game, Gordon is absurdly given an offer of employment by the franchise's most enigmatic. I'm having problems. My, also, this drinks make my lips stick together real bad. So Gordon is absurdly given an offer of employment by the franchise's most enigmatic character, G-Man. Number one, I really actually did, like, I almost thought about buying one of the new systems to play this game because it looks so good. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima? I don't know if I heard of that one. It's like a samurai game or something? I don't know. It looked fucking cool. Set during the first Mongol invasion of Japan, players control samurai Jin Sakai. Ghost of Tsushima, I think I'm saying that wrong, narrative is centered on intriguing characters who guide Jin's personal journey. Players must decide whether to follow the traditional codes of honor or use the stealth tactics of the ghost. Ghost of Tsushima's team was heavily influenced by Akira Kitasawa's films, even including a black and white setting to fit the mood. This action-adventure game's narrative is alluring, especially because the development of Jin's fighting style directly corresponds to his internal struggle. I really want to play that, actually. And you know I'm a big fan of Akira Kitasawa. I mean, yeah, and that one actually seems like this is up to the title of the article of... Interesting narrative. Yeah. Original narratives. The best narratives. Not on the list, because my initial idea was stories, and we our episode that we botched and bungled and then just deleted before 
Uh, we started this one was actually 30 best story narratives or something along. I think best stories in video games. Something like that. That list was more uh, varied, but some of my favorite, uh, as we mentioned on the deleted episode, was Chrono Trigger, uh, like Earthbound. That's uh, the precursor to Stranger Things almost. Yeah. Because it's just a bunch of kids. Of course, it came out before then, but this was a Japanese <laughs> game, so it's hard to say. But there, it has a lot of those elements, horror and fun and just, you know, a bunch of kids getting into mischief. Ragtag group, you know, like that stuff. Uh, What about you, Spencer? You got any ones? I'll say fucking Mario and Sonic. No. Yeah. So a lot of the GTA uh, games were fun. I yep. mean, they were just rip-offs of, like, The Godfather or San Andreas was a rip-off of, like, Boys in the Hood yeah, and well, stuff. But well, I think like that is a little bit, like, how many people actually played the game? Play? Like, like how many people just didn't do the cheat codes and fucked around and blew shit up? And... Oh, I beat the games and then I fucked around. Uh, so that's about it. I don't know. There's other games, but those are the top 10 best narratives, Spencer. According to CBR. <clears throat> According to your favorite comic book resource website. Yes. So anyway, um, because I don't want to do them any more than I have to, let's just end the episode. Uh, just fucking end it. Yeah, um, that would probably be best for the listeners and us. I feel bad because last week we said we had a good episode today, and I don't feel like it was a good episode. No. I don't feel like I was in a good mood for a good episode. No. It's in a bad mood for a bad episode, if you know what I'm saying. Well, were you in a good mood for a bad episode? Mm, my beer was good. That's all I know. Anyway, I am your host. Uh, you could follow my stuff that I do sometimes at CalebJamesK.com. Spencer doesn't have a professional website like me, but he does have an OnlyFans. And this week... He or is it monthly? I, we do weekly, so I guess yeah. it has to be every week. You change that seems yeah. very arduous. Yeah. So this week he is the Norwegian Nugget Nudger Church. Yes. Originally, I was, he was going to be a Narwhal Nudger, but I couldn't say Narwhal for some reason. I couldn't put it all together. Narwhal Nudger. Now I got it. You yeah. could be either. Whatever. Those things are big. I don't think you're nudging those. No. And they live in the ocean, the cold ocean. Ooh. Uh, you could also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at DPW Podcast, where we post only the top stuff, man. Only the best of the best. Cream of the crap. Creme de la creme. Creme de la creme, Spencer. Uh, also, I don't really have any great writing news, but I am about to finish a story I'm working on, which I'm submitting to a few places. Uh, I also submitted to a couple other places that I'm going to tell you off there that are kind of cool. Nice. Uh, and then I cured my own medical ailment. You know what my medical ailment was? What's that? Uh, that clap first. I was going to say genital words, but <laughs> I don't know if that's still a thing. Do people have that anymore? Probably, there's probably some people out there that still get it. I, you have to be the biggest fucking idiot, though. As soon as you see genitals with warts on them, just don't touch it, right? I mean... When the only option is touch or don't touch, <laughs> I, I just feel like don't touch would be... Like, anything lumpy. There's probably people out there that like it. But, well, probably some people like the ribbed, uh, you know, the, the bumpy yeah. shaft, I would think. Maybe. I don't know. How do we get on this? Anyway, folks, check us out next time when we have another episode. <laughs> I'm not going to say good or bad this no. time. Just another episode. Mm-hmm.